Uh, we are in the 27th week or 27th sermon in our Mark series, which is called Dirt Roads. And um, we have been plowing through the dirt roads uh, in the book of Mark. By the way, I do have to acknowledge that my favorite church member is here today. Sam and Rainey brought my favorite church member. I have three favorite church members. Um, I have Charlotte Wright. She's a um, definitely a favorite church member of mine. Cora um, McCurdy is a favorite church member of mine. And now there's a third. His name is Jackson Kinney. And he is with us. Today. He has graced us with his presence. You won't hear him because he's perfect, right? Is he still perfect? Is he still perfect or no? Have you already seen his? Uh, obviously. All right. You'll see. You'll see. You'll see. But no, it's great to see um, Sam and Rainey and, of course, Jackson and even Connor, you know. Good to see. I'm not going to miss Connor, man. I'm not going to miss Connor. Just, uh, but it is great to see you guys, and congratulations. And uh, the church grows, right? Church is growing, and uh, people are having babies. And uh, anyway, we praise the Lord for that. We'll be um, announcing, and I'll be getting with these families, and we'll be having a, a family dedication service uh, sometime in the fall when we can make sure everybody's schedules match up. And we do that uh, as needed, right? As we, have, as we have need. And so we'll be getting you more information about that, but I did want to welcome Jackson for the first time. And um, anyway, we are in Mark chapter 9. If you want to turn there, Mark chapter 9, uh, we'll be getting, we will be beginning in verse 14. And today's sermon is a little bit different for this portion of the book of Mark. Only because I told you that Jesus wasn't, doesn't perform many miracles for the rest of the book. He, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, um, if my memory serves me correctly, I believe there's only one more miracle recorded in the book of Mark as far as a healing type miracle that Jesus performed. And as you know, in the first seven, eight chapters in the book of Mark, we saw miracle after miracle, healing after healing. There was a lot of them. Um, and I'm not sure what you would expect to encounter after experiencing what we preached about last week, the transfiguration of Jesus, as Peter, James, and John were up on the mountain to pray with Jesus, and he literally, the glory of God shone through him. The, the entirety of the spiritual essence of who God is became visible in the body of Jesus. Remember, and the disciples didn't know what to do, and then to further complicate things in their mind, we, we saw uh, Moses and Elijah show up and they were like what is going on and remember last week Peter's like hey I don't know what to say let's build some altars and, uh, and so then they disappear the voice of God comes from heaven this is my beloved son and Jesus only is standing there and it, there was a lot that went into last week and if you, didn't, if you weren't here you didn't get a chance to watch or listen I would encourage you to go back to last week's sermon to where we unpacked the transfiguration of Jesus I don't know what I would have expected coming off of that mountain after experiencing that. Um, however, Peter, James, John, and Jesus immediately walk up on a group of scribes in an argument with the remaining nine disciples. And so they come off this mountain. It's been a, an incredible thing. I don't know if Jesus still had some of that glow that was described in the transfiguration. I don't know if the disciples still had that look of, of awe and wonder or confusion, whatever the look would be. But they come down off that mountain and they walk up on an argument. And what we will find today in this story is a, 
a tale of a man who lacked faith, but had faith. A man who struggled to believe, yet he believed. A man who's much like you, and a man who's much like me. Today our sermon is simply titled, Help My Unbelief. Help my unbelief. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, speak through your word. God, today help my unbelief. As we dig and as we look into this text, I pray that the Holy Spirit would work in our hearts and work in our lives and that he would change us as a result of your word this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's look at our text this morning. Mark chapter 9, verse 14. If you have your Bibles, great. If you don't have your Bibles, open up an app. If you don't have an app, Look on the screen. All right, here we go. Verse 14, Mark chapter 9. You ready? And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit and wherever it seizes him, It throws him down, he foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So Jesus looks at him, and this the spirit, the, the evil spirit does what it does to him, and we see it live. So he asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood, and often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us. And help us. Can you hear the desperation? Jesus said to him, to the Father, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. By the way, I still believe that. Verse 24, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, And he arose, and when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. What an incredible story here. What an incredible story that we see. We see this young boy who has what we would deem, I guess in today's vernacular, he has seizures um, in a, uh, a very extreme way where he would foam at the mouth and he, would, he said he, his body would go rigid. He would go almost as if he had died. Um, this evil spirit that this boy had and had had it from, 
from birth or from childhood. And this, this father who, as we've seen over and over again in the Gospels, a, a friend or a family member that has a lot of faith wants to get this boy to Jesus. Find it interesting that not, all the, not always do we see the Spirit show off what he did. And he did show off what he did right there in front of Jesus, right on cue as he, uh, as he threw this young boy to the ground and he was foaming at his mouth and wallowing around on the ground. I don't know if you can find yourself in that father, but I find myself in that father. I believe. You can do it, God. I believe. But God, I got to be honest. I got some doubts. I believe. But God, you got to help my unbelief. I want us to see number one this morning. I want us to jump into our outline. Number one is the desperate need for Jesus. The desperate need for Jesus. One of the crowd, verse 17, answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. Wherever, and wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, he gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. While Jesus had, if you remember a few messages back in our series, Jesus had sent his disciples out in groups of two, so he sent six of groups out for a short-term temporary uh, missions trip. And they, he told them, remember, to go out and to, to cast out demons in my name and to perform, perform miracles in my name if people would not believe. You remember he said to shake the dust off your feet and move on. You remember that uh, in that text as we spoke about it a few weeks ago? And so Jesus had given uh, his disciples in times past the ability and, 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 the, uh, and the wherewithal to perform these types of miracles. However, in this instance, in this case, the disciples could not and did not meet the need of the young son in this story. And while they had in the past, they could not hear. And so this man, as he was looking for Jesus, stops at his disciples. His disciples attempt to cast out that demon, and that demon refuses to leave. May I say this? In the disciples' inability, Jesus shows his ability. In the disciples' inability this morning, Jesus showed his ability. Great ability. In the disciples' inability this morning, Jesus shows his perfect, all-powerful ability this morning. When man may fail, may I remind you this morning that Jesus never fails. When man may fall short this morning, may I remind you that Jesus always goes the distance. When man may miss the mark this morning, may I remind us that Jesus is right on target. When Man may swing and miss, Jesus hits a home run. When, when we show our inability, when the disciples in this case showed their inability, it was merely an opportunity for Jesus to show his ability. This man, and there's, I, I'm not preaching against the disciples today, there's, there's no reason to do that and stay faithful to this text, there's no reason to preach against the disciples today, but this man had come for Jesus, and he said it. He came looking for Jesus. And may I say this, that I, I, as the pastor of this church, I stand here as, as an elder in this church, uh, Jeff and, and Aaron and other leaders in this church, we stand here and we want to be here for you. We want to help meet needs and we want to help pray and we want to be a, a, we be a, 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 
a spiritual leader for you in a sense and our wives and our families. But at the end of the day, if you're coming here looking for me, you're coming here looking for the wrong person. If you're coming here wanting to hear from me, you're coming to hear from the wrong person. The best, the best thing I could ever hear from someone is, hey, I didn't come here today to hear you. I came here today to hear from the Lord. I came here today for, to hear from his word. I came here today to hear from his spirit. And listen, this morning, if this pulpit becomes just a place for my personal opinions and a place for me to just rant and to get things off of my chest this morning, hey, listen, I don't blame you. Don't show back up. If, this, if that's what this place turns into, but no, today we come, for, we come for, for, for the Lord. We come to hear from him, and this man, he had a desperate need for Jesus. There was a need that the disciples could not meet that only Jesus could meet. And may I say this, may we never replace anybody tangible, temporary in this, or in this world in the place of Jesus. May we never rely on people to meet the needs that only Jesus can meet. There was a desperate need for Jesus. You see his desperation in the way that he speaks and the the boldness that he has. The desperate need for Jesus. And by the way, you and I, the circumstances of life often push us into a situation where we desperately need Jesus. Could you think back for just a second? For some of you, it could be right now. For others of you, it could have been in the recent past. For others of you, maybe in the distant past. But when is the last time that circumstances of life have taken you to a place where you desperately needed Jesus? God, if you don't intervene, I don't know. There's no answer outside of Jesus. And I will say this, that you are in in the best spiritual position you could ever be in. When circumstances of life have taken you down, To where you look up and say, I desperately need Jesus. There is no other answer. There is no other answer. There was no other answer to this boy and this man's problem than Jesus. But secondly, I want us to see this, the display of imperfect faith. The the display of imperfect faith. Look at verse 19 in the text. And Jesus answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. They brought him to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him. So he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? His father said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him into the fire, into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us. And help us. By the way, if you're in that season right now where you desperately need Jesus, circumstances of life have, have compassed you such about this morning that you can only look up and you can only find your help from Jesus this morning, may I say simply a prayer like have compassion on me and help me? Have compassion on us and help us? That's a great prayer to pray. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And immediately... The father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Now that was five or six verses there that we just read. And I want us to make sure that we are uh, contextually uh, describing and explaining those. I hope you appreciate that about the way we approach scripture. We want to first see the faithlessness of the disciples and Jesus' rebuke to them. Jesus is not speaking to the father in verse 19. 
He is speaking to one of his disciples or the group of his disciples. He looks and says, O faithless, it was one of those nine who could not perform the miracle. And he said, O faithless generation. He looks at his, one of his nine disciples and says, basically, have you no faith? And then he asks a couple of rhetorical questions that were very pointed questions. And he says, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? And basically in today's vernacular, I believe Jesus is saying something to the effect of, how much longer can I put up with you? How much longer can I deal with this? And may I say this, and this is a point that maybe you can take home with you and to consider. Jesus responds very strongly to a lack of faith displayed by those claiming to be people of faith. Okay, we know Jesus responds harshly to the Pharisees. But Jesus here responds very strongly to a lack of faith displayed by those claiming to be people of faith. We, quick, we quickly, though, we, we also see the father of this young boy presented with an opportunity by Jesus to declare your belief in me. Jesus says, hey, if you will believe, then anything is possible. This man responds to Jesus in tears with the realest, most authentic answer imaginable. I love the honesty of this man. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible. And this man goes, Lord, I believe. But once again, in our vernacular, but I got to be honest. I've got some areas where I've got some doubt. And God, I need, Lord, I need you to help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. This man's willingness to be raw and authentic and genuine and honest in this moment is an encouragement to me. And it ought to be an encouragement to you that we don't always have it all together. We don't always answer when Jesus says, do you believe? I can't always be honest and say, I 1,000% believe. No, I've got to be honest sometimes. I need the Lord to help my unbelief. Yes, God, I know you can come through. I know you can. And I believe you can. But man, I got some doubts on whether you're going to. I gotta be honest. Have you ever been there this morning or, or are you not uh, uh, willing to admit it in church, right? I'm willing to admit it. This man responds in authenticity. This man responds not knowing if Jesus was going to heal his son or not. And may I say this, that's what faith is. Faith is responding when you don't know the outcome. Put it this way. Faith is praying for bread when the pantry is empty. Okay? Faith is praying for bread when the pantry is empty. Listen, faith is praying for the bills to be paid when the bank account shows zero. If we knew the outcome, if we had the means to control the outcome, then no faith is required. It is only when the pantry is empty that our faith is activated. Getting hungry. May I remind you this morning that it would not be called faith if there was not the presence of the unknown. 
Another quotable. Sorry, I'm hitting you with some quotes today. It's all good. Choosing to believe in the presence of doubt is a most authentic step of faith. Listen, choosing to believe in the presence of doubt is the most authentic step of faith. Don't believe people who say, I've got faith and I've never doubted. They're lying. They're either lying or they're so not self-aware. Listen this morning. There will always be the unknown. People come to me and say, Pastor, i got a decision to make. I don't know which way to go. I'm not a fortune teller, by the way. I don't know which way to go. Well, let's sit down and let's talk about it. I met with a, a young couple. They're not in our church. They're a local couple, though, a uh, local family. I met with them a couple weeks ago. Man, we were talking about these things. If you choose this way, here's what, here's what could lead. If you choose this, here's what could lead. They weren't good and bad. They were two opportunities, and, and I'm not really sure which way to go. And I, at the end of the day, listen, we're never going to know the end result. We're never going to know what lies way down that road. And so there will always be the presence of doubt. There will always be the presence of the unknown. And choosing to believe in the presence of doubt is a most authentic step of faith. I'm reminded of the great faith that was recalled in the book of Hebrews in chapter 11 about Abraham. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out of a place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. That is faith. Now, I'm not telling any of you to put your house on the market this week and to sell it because it will sell, probably for over asking. Um, <clears throat> I'm not telling any of you to put your house on the market this week and say, I don't know where we're going. We got no plans. I'm just putting my house on the market. I'm not, I'm not telling any of you. That was like that Leonardo DiCaprio meme kind of right there. I just pulled that off in the, in the sermon, that little like... I'm not telling any of you to be like, hey, I'm just going gonna, gonna to leave. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, uproot, and I don't know where I'm going. I'm not saying that. This was a unique circumstance. However, what I'm trying to get us to understand is that, that Abraham obeyed, and Abraham believed. He certainly had some doubts, but when, when God said to get up and go, he said, I'm going without knowing. And listen, that's what faith looks like this morning. Faith is going Without knowing. Without knowing. I think sometimes we equate faith and knowing as one thing. But actually faith is going without truly knowing. I want us to see lastly this morning. So first we've seen the desperate need for Jesus. Comes to him with this seizured boy possessed by a devil. We've seen the display of imperfect faith. And man, if you can't find yourself there, I certainly can find myself. And then thirdly and lastly, I want us to see the direction to pray and fast. The direction to pray and fast. Look at, we're going we're gonna to finish here very quickly. Look at Mark chapter 9 and verse 28. When he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? Those nine disciples, remember, those are the nine that were not up on the mountain. They were not... Uh, present at the transfiguration they were not here last sunday all right they weren't up on the mountain with jesus 
They say, why, why could we not cast that demon out? And he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. After performing this miracle, Jesus is confronted by his disciples with a question. Why did we not possess the power? I find it interesting in Jesus' response that this power comes by prayer and fasting. He's basically reminding his disciples that any power that they had or could have had potentially was all all a result of God giving them that power. Does that make sense this morning? Jesus says prayer and fasting, those are two 100% reliant on God disciplines. He says... In a roundabout way, Jesus is saying, hey, listen, God was the only one that was going to give you that power anyway. It comes by prayer. It comes by fasting. Some of the spiritual disciplines of our lives. It's further pointing these disciples to their dependence on their creator, God. And by the way, if we want to see great things for God, we ought to ask. We ought to seek we ought to fast. We ought to uh, deny ourselves. One, food is the, is the obvious one as we speak of fasting, but there are other things in our lives that we could, that we could uh, remove in a way to focus our attention on God. And may I say that prayer and fasting and taking it seriously and, and having serious times of prayer Man, you will see God do incredible things. This morning we had the disciples, the ones whose faith was in serious question. This morning Jesus looked at his disciples and he said, Oh, faithless generation, I ask you, is that you this morning? Maybe you're in close proximity to Jesus, like the disciples were. Maybe you come to church regularly, you're around Christian influences regularly, you know the lingo, you know when to say brother, you know when to say sister, you, uh, you know the proper foods to bring to a potluck, uh, you, you, can, you can speak Christianese fluently this morning. Maybe you study your Bible consistently, but much like these early disciples of Jesus, you may have been close in proximity to Jesus. But you are not living a life of faith this morning. Listen, you can be close to Jesus in your Bible reading. You can have a prayer life. You can serve in your church. You can be faithful to your church. You can give in your church. You can be fully involved. You can be all in at Keystone Church this morning and not live a life of faith. And a life of faith is when there are unknowns and there are doubts and we still Walk forward. When there are unknowns and there are doubts and we take the next step this morning. If that's you and maybe you're close to Jesus in physical proximity, but we're not living a life of faith. May we be more like the father of this young boy. The father who didn't have a perfect faith. He had a 
real faith. His faith wasn't void of doubts, but it was very authentic. Newsflash, God already knows that you struggle with doubt. You ever thought about that? If you struggle, if you're struggling with an unknown or a doubt in your life, did you know God already knows? And so the most authentic and the most real thing that we can do is to believe, even in the presence of our unknowns, even in the presence of our doubts, God can. Either we believe that he can or, or we don't believe that he can. Hey, God will. We either believe that he will and trust him that he will or we don't. And maybe your answer today, just like this father of this young boy, maybe your answer is today, hey, I believe but help my unbelief. I have faith in the presence of my doubts. I believe this morning, God, all things are possible with you. I believe this morning, but there are some unknowns. And this morning, I call on you to have an authentic, real, genuine, vulnerable display of imperfect faith. Listen, if God brings you to a crossroads, if God brings you to a decision that you have to make, listen, we're never going to know the future. God, I'm going to step out on faith, trusting your Holy Spirit is leading me. I don't know the answers, but I'm going to follow your spirit. I'm going to follow your leading. I'm going to follow your word. Lord, I believe, but would you help my unbelief? Heavenly Father, Thanks for listening today. If you're listening for the first time, we would love to hear from you. Maybe you have a question about the gospel of Jesus. If so, we'd like you to send us an email at hello at keystonerdu.church. If you're a regular listener to our podcast and you would like to donate to the media and outreach ministries at Keystone, your gift would allow us to do more in an effective way to get the gospel out. Thank you for partnering with us in ministry in Durham and around the world.